What is up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds picked up three points out of a possible six this past week and have a chance to get three more in just a few days' time. We are going to break it all down, but first... This one feels good. Do it, Josh. All right. Good, good, good. It's not three like last week, week, but, you know, we'll take the we'll take the one for sure. It took Josh, 13 games for this victory. <laughs> 13. That's how many times we have played Charlotte Independent, and this is our first win against them. So, yeah, and if there was ever any question, you know, as to whether or not uh, our own Josh Brokaw was excited about it. I think this picture right here just sort of tells it all. <laughs> nice. So gotta gotta give the shout out uh, to um, Ed Thompson who uh, shared this pic on Twitter. Josh, I said you should frame this and, and hang it on your wall, but you said you have different plans for it. <laughs> I, I believe I said uh, I'm making a folder on my desktop called a. Uh, uh, obituary photos or something yeah. along those lines <laughs> and uh this this will be in there so uh you know you got gotta get the good ones in there for yeah. everyone that's awesome so so great shot there um awesome shot how was uh how was the rest of your fourth josh how'd you guys spend it in the city good yeah so one of my friends uh era he was actually at that game he was standing right beside me uh when that photo was taken and uh he had a party on the fourth so went to his house uh down the north side hung out in the backyard Drinking, talking, having fun with friends, and just celebrating the fourth, and then kind of watching the fireworks through uh, some, you know, tall buildings in between them, <laughs> right afterwards in the back alley, uh, his place. So that was a lot of fun. Nice, Kev. How'd you uh, how'd you celebrate the fourth? No, I mean, <laughs> no fireworks, just just food. Um, I think on no oh, on on the day of, we have friends uh, in town uh, from out of state and. Uh, we just yeah met up with them and went on a a long run because it was a sunny day and then just went for beers afterwards and then uh, and then yeah in the evening it was you know Riley and I just chilled and, and had some good food. Did you like watch fireworks on TV or was it just like a firework less holiday for you? No, we heard, we heard a few pops out the window, but uh, couldn't see anything. And I mean I don't know, I'm not a big firework person. I generally don't like loud, sudden noises, um, so I shy away from that and balloons and things like that. Oh, popping balloons. I get it now. I'm like, balloons? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I got there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I celebrated the 4th by uh, watching LFG on HBO+, Plus, which for those of you... Is, no, it's HBO Max. Everything yeah. is plus now, so I just assume it's HBO Max. Um LFG stands for Let's Effing Go, um, but it basically follows the uh, the U.S. women's national team in their efforts for uh, trying to sue the U.S. Soccer Federation for equal pay. Um, was really, really good. I mean, obviously, there's some swearing in it, so, uh, you know, if you're sensitive to that, but it just, you know, makes me want to follow the U.S. women's team even more closely than I already am. Um, it's a really cool thing. You know, I've thought about for a while, like, what are some ways that the hounds could up their publicity level and things like that. And we talked a little bit, I think it was last week about, you know, all of these, um, 
docu series that are coming out about all these different teams and things like that. And it'd be awesome to see a film or a, or a docu series about the hounds, even if it's just on like YouTube or something like that, just to bring even more interest. Um, but it was funny because as we were watching this, an idea that we floated a while ago, we talked about minority owners and somebody mentioned how great it would be to have Snoop Dogg as a minority owner for the hounds, like have him at Highmark would be fantastic. And there's actually a clip of, uh, they were like rolling through different celebrities basically saying like, give the women equal pay. Like what's, what's wrong with you? Just pay them what, you know, the guys earn. And Snoop Dogg was one of them. He was just like chilling on his couch and he was like, just pay to women, man. Let's go. Um, and I was like, well, we know he follows soccer. So that's cool. Was it literally like a four second clip? Did the, the like, did his friend just shoot him on an iPhone like yes. on his couch? Oh yeah. It was, just... it was totally something he like posted on social media and they just oh, okay. repurposed it for the, for the movie. Nice. But, um, he cares and you like, go. you know, he's a Steelers fan. So this would be a way for him to like, you know, get in the Pittsburgh scene and we'll see. I don't know if Tuffy would ever go for that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And then, and then tangentially, I've been listening to uh, the audio book one life uh, by Megan Rapino, which is really good. Um, and I'm like torn. I don't know how, where you guys stand on the like, reading a physical book versus an audio. This is a total tangent. Reading a physical book versus an audio book thing. I tend to like listening to audio books when it's the author themselves that are reading it. So in this case, like Megan Rapino is telling her story. So to actually hear it in her own words is more compelling to me than if I'm like reading it myself. Um, but then there are some, I mean, some of the audio books are pretty good, especially when they get like the Sandman series, they got a whole cast to like read them. That was really good. But I yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much exclusively audiobooks nowadays. Like, I, okay. I feel like I've listened to more audiobooks last year than I have read a book in like five years. I, I still read books every once in a while, but it's mostly just audiobooks. Yeah. Kev, how do you, where do you stand? Is it cheating to listen I'm, to an audio? I feel like I'm cheating no, I, just a little bit. No, I, I don't think it's cheating at all. I mean, whatever, however you want to get information, that's great. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. I think the last audiobook I listened to was on a road trip like three years ago. Um, and I've been reading books um, that, I, that are sitting on my bookshelf and I haven't read. Um, so, yeah, just finished uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is cool. Never read it before. And then I also haven't read The Count of Monte Cristo and I'm reading that Ooh. now. And that's, that's really good. Yeah. I so. enjoyed that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a good book. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of what we did on our fourth. Let us know what you did on your fourth. Hopefully it was something safe and fun. And obviously there was a lot that went on this week. We won't get into all of it um, as it relates to fourth and injuries and things like that. But uh, let's, let's get to the positives, guys. One other thing I want to talk about before we jump into the hounds. The Hotspurs men's team is headed to its first ever playoffs after beating Syracuse 2-1. to one. Right. So clap it up. Well done, gentlemen. Um, I will say stay tuned. Because uh, we are planning on having some sweet Hotspur swag that we're going to be giving away here uh, in an upcoming episode. So you'll have to stay tuned and listen for that. Uh, not going to be in this one, but uh, but very, very, very soon. So um, kudos to the Hotspur's team. Guys, the, the Hounds, have uh, they essentially played two games since the last time we talked. First game was a loss, two to one to Loudon. I did not watch the game. I was uh, it was family night up at Scout Camp. My boys, my two older ones, were away at Scout Camp all week last week, and so I didn't get home until late. And even after I got home late, I was like, "This game's long." There was still like ten minutes left because of the delay, so I wasn't planning on watching this game. It, the, the rhetoric after the fact, uh, it sounded like Lily stuck around for an hour on the field, like tearing the guys a new one, and not 
even given comments to the press who stuck around after that. Where do you um, get that information, by the way? Like, who knows that he stayed around for an hour after the game? It was people in attendance on Twitter oh, okay. were saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. Journalists. Yeah. Um, I, what did I miss here? Like, is it worth me going back and watching this game? What are our takeaways? What do you guys have? Because clearly I've, other than I saw that, um, that Velarde was the captain, which I was a little bit like, whoa, like, cool. Okay. And Griffin was on the field. Um, uh, Forbes got subbed in late. But beyond that, what did I miss? What did, what did we learn from this one? You missed two really nice goals by the other side. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it, it's it's a situation where the game just did not feel good. Like, it never felt like the Hounds were out of it. I never, I wasn't watching it being like, oh, man, we can't come back from this. It was just like, I don't know, just something feels a little bit off here. And, you know, not having everyone start, uh, which I still think is probably was the right decision uh, for an away game. Uh, against Loudon, it was a perfect opportunity for some bench players to uh, step up and kind of like lead the charge. Um, and honestly, I, I it was just two really good goals by the other side. And, and once those that first one happened, it was just like a gut punch, uh, just seeing it go in. Uh, and then being able to come back in the second half and, and get a goal right away, I, I felt really confident. I'm like, okay, we can, we're going to win this one. We got, we got it. And it just didn't happen. And then by the time we put in, uh, you know, uh, kind of did our rotation of subs and it was pretty early in the second half. And it was like, Oh, okay, well, this will be fine. This will be fine. Well, now we have our starters in there and it, it felt almost worse than it did without them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I it just, it seems like they couldn't find a groove after that. It just never felt good. So, I don't know. Kevin, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I remember, I mean, yeah, I, we. Have, I, I'll speak for myself. I have a history of um, not respecting Loudon. And fair. That's I think, fair. I mean, I that's, think you, that's fair yeah. all around. I mean, you, I don't, why would you? Yeah. You, you made a comment like, if we can't beat Loudon, like, after they had run a five-game losing streak. Um, I don't think I said that last week, though. That was me. Yes, that was me. You, I definitely said that. I definitely said that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you said something similar, Kev. I continue. Said something very similar, like in previous seasons. Um, okay, right, but right. no, I, but but so hindsight twenty twenty, and you know, I I do remember like after watching the first twenty minutes of the game, I remember the last time we played loud in the season, and remembering like, okay, yeah, we won, but they weren't as bad as I remember them being in previous seasons. Um, so I don't, I don't think Loudon is absolute garbage, even though their form has not been good at all. Um, and I think this was a case, I mean, I remember I, I've, I, I started watching it when it was finally, um, after the delays happened and, uh, and I remember sitting there talking to Riley, um, saying like, this is like one of the worst, like experiences you could have as a player as i was i think i was speaking specifically about like the lines ref like you're you're (laughs) you're at loudon it's like nine o'clock the game just starts it's rainy it was lightning like there's no fans there it's just a and like i know these are small things but like they make they make an effect They, they make a difference especially if you're the away team um to to have that delay to have the weather effects on top of all of this, 
I mean, I, yeah, rotation's good, but I mean, I I don't think we should have rotated as much as we did. Um, what like Ciceroni and Griffin, maybe Warden and Veet uh, were, were the only ones. Everyone else kind of came in and. Granted, I mean, yeah, Williamson and Velarde and Perez, you know, they all have, and Kill One, oh, I guess Kill One was in there too, but um, it, it felt like it was just a bit too much rotation and it kind of showed. Um, I think like, a lot of the momentum that we had in previous games was like the one touch passing and just a quick passing and just everyone knowing where everyone else was. And obviously, you're not, you're not going to have that if you rotate too heavily. I think if you bring in one or two differences, then fine, you can keep that momentum. And, and I, it, it felt like it was just disjointed from the start because of it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, when you get Loudon scoring two goals the way they did, you know, it, on, on one hand, I, I feel bad for Leaker because I feel like Leaker's had a, the, what, the one other time he start, started this season, right? This is the second start of the season, I think. Um, his first start, I think he played pretty well. And, you know, he makes at least one really good save in this game. Um, and then, the, and but, but the two goals for Loudon, because of the camera angles, I can't tell if it was just yeah. a bad, if it was bad goalkeeping or if it was just a really good shot. I, it, I can't be too critical. Um, but I was, and, I was waiting for that because I watched. I think it was the first goal, and he barely moved, and I was like, "Ooh, Kev's not gonna like that because you're, no, you're the I one don't. that go right at the keeper." Yeah, but the only thing, like I, with a better camera angle, we can tell, right? The only thing I'm kind of leaving a little room for fine. Like if he's completely unsighted, if, if there's a slight deflection or whatever, you know, sure. That that's because so rarely do you just not move. Right. I mean, like, and it's, I don't know. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a kind of a crap game. Um, don't go back and watch it. Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. Not worth going back to watch at all. Got to say congrats to Louis Perez, who got his first goal as a professional. Um, that was good to see. And he followed that up with, you know, a decent game um, against Charlotte. So that's that's a positive. I think we've been waiting to see, you know, after hearing when we talked to all of the players in the preseason, we said, you know, who's somebody that's standing out? And almost every single one said Louis Perez. Louis Perez, he's a player. He's a player. I think we we're all really excited to see where he would fit into this team. And it's interesting that, you know, he seems to have found a place over the past few games at sort of that left wing back position, which I don't think we would have expected based on his skill set. But, um, you know, we can let's let's put the the Loudon game to rest. We're going to have another crack at them uh, a week from Saturday. Uh, so we'll be seeing them again real soon. But in the Independence game, there was especially that one set piece uh, that he took where he took a left footed curler around the wall and it was going in. Brandon Miller had to make a diving save to to stop it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, thoughts on Perez. Do you guys think he's playing his way into a starting spot, or do you think he's still sort of an off-the-bench rotation option when we get into congested schedules like this? I still think he's he's probably not a starter for us, but I definitely think he is showing you know good strides, and he is a good substitute uh, coming in later in the game. Um, so I – it's going to be really hard to make that starting lineup. I feel like, but yeah, yeah, I think he could find his spot in that wing back position now that Lily has shown the the he's willing to do that. You know, he started it with Wharton. I think Wharton, from memory, was really the first time I can think of 
where he put, you know, outside of Dover and Rivera, um, the kind of people, at least in my mind, who are, you know, that's, they're, they're the specialist for those positions. And Wharton was, you know, a few games ago was the first time where for me, he kind of bucked that trend and he's done it ever since, I think, especially against the Charlotte, against Charlotte. Um, Cause I don't think he's going to, he's not going to overtake Griffin. He's not going to take, he's not going to overtake Forbes. Um, so he, he needs to kind of find, he needs to find his starting position in one of those spots. And I mean, yeah, he played, he's, he's been playing well and I think he can. Um, another small side, Josh, I don't remember like looking back at the stats for this game um, for Loudon. Um, Loudon got seven yellow cards. And I I don't rem- like I don't remember that being like a thing in my mind. Was no, that a thing in your it was mind? A thing. It, yeah. it was a it was a thing, and I kept on forgetting who was on a yellow because it felt like so many people have gotten yellows by the end of that game. I'm like, surely one of these guys have to get a red here. <laughs> yeah. Like surely, because like near the end there, it was after they scored. Let me look at the stats. Yeah, like from like the 81st minute on, like there was four yellow cards. Uh, all the way up to stoppage time. So, like every time one of them got a yellow, I'm like, "Was that one? Was that one?" Ah, yeah. <laughs> kept on forgetting who had yellows. Yeah, but yeah, so it, it was really surprising that they didn't get uh, a player taken off. But I think a lot of them got subbed out uh, around the, like the 65th minute. Yeah, yeah. Back to the Independence game. Uh, Burger Brand just asked the question in our chat: Is there a reason that he's playing players out of position with Wharton as a right wing back and Perez as a winger up top? I will say I was intrigued when they uh, when they announced the lineup for the Independence game. They've stopped actually announcing lineups, and I shouldn't say they. I'm I'm pretty much assuming that it's just Lily. He just writes a bunch of names on a sheet and turns it in and doesn't put positions on them. But when you looked at the names, it was like, wait, uh, typically you can try to guess what the formation's going to be. And then this one, it was like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, we were, we were there with our, uh, our, our, our buddy um, soccer rabbi trying to figure it out. And it turned out we ended up playing like a three, six, one kind of, we just like overloaded the midfield, which I think in that case, if you're going to do that, you kind of have to push, some guys out wide and that's where you know it was Perez and and Wharton who got pushed out wide because Kev to your point you're not going to push Kenny or Danny or you know even Velarde out wide at this point I mean you could do Velarde but when you're looking at comparing those guys to the guys in the middle you want your strength down the middle so I think that's the case but I mean Kev you're you're sort of the the uh formations guy what did you think about a like three six one look to this team well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say three, three, five, two. I, I don't I, the six. I, I don't know, but um, but <laughs> the but I, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm guess. Do, do we know? Does Dover have an injury? Because um, he didn't even make the bench for this game. Yeah, um, he has. He has a nagging injury that he's been nursing. So, okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. All right. So Rivera makes the bench. Rivera has played in in the wing back position. Same thing with Robinson. Um, he's played in the wing back position. I mean, I, I the the hunch is by playing Wharton and Perez there, by playing midfielders there, it allows you to retain possession and allows you to have players out wide who are comfortable on the ball, who are comfortable at maybe receiving it in in tight areas where you have to control the ball quickly and move it on quickly. Um, and, you know, maybe sacrifice, you know, the, the classic 
traits and attributes for those positions are, you know, if you're a right wing back, someone who is fast and is right footed and can make a good cross and same thing on the left side, you know, the exact opposite. If, if you're in a scenario where, you know, maybe, maybe that works if you have Dos Santos and you, you want to get it wide and swing in crosses, but if you're in a position where you're home, if you're in a position where you feel like you should be dominating the ball with possession, it feels like you're coming up against a team who you need to flood the midfield with. And, um, you know, then it makes sense. I, I mean, it, you know, wide midfielders were a thing, you know, a decade, two decades ago. And, and uh, Wharton has already shown that he did it well. Perez had a pretty decent game in Loudon. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it just gives a different tactical look. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, go one-on-one against their opposition player and try to beat them and get down the line and send in a cross. But if Lily doesn't want that to happen, then, you know, there's no reason to do it. I mean, Cicerone, Dixon, um, maybe Deke was an exception, but Cicerone and Dixon, that's not really their game, you don't think, right? I mean, you, you, you don't want them fighting for headers from across. Um, so to have players out there who, who can pick a pass, who can control the ball, who can keep possession going, um, you know, that, that seems to be the priority. And, I am. I'm on board for it. Josh, what did you, I mean, what'd you think? It, watching on TV, I mean, clearly it felt like this was our game to lose. We totally dominated start to finish. Even after we got, you know, the goal, it didn't feel like we sat back at all. It felt like we just had numbers, but you know, what was your impression from, uh, from the Paul child stand? Wait, are we talking about for uh, Charlotte? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I was there for saying I thought you said watching from TV. No, me. sorry. Never mind. Rewind, stop play. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> as far as I go, I mean, this game was a lot of fun in the fact that if it wasn't for Miller, this game would have been dominated by the Hounds. Like, oh, yeah. the keeper for Charlotte was standing on his head, and he's a good keeper. He's been around. Like, he's he's known. Like, he's, he's a yeah. great keeper. So, it's not surprising. But, like, he kept them in this game. Like there was no doubt about that. This game felt like ours the entire time. I, the fact that it was one zero is just mind boggling watching it in the stands. Even when they were just on our side, like, uh, uh, going against our goal, uh, it, what, like three, four shots on goal that looked like they were going to go in and it's just barely, he was able to keep them out. So it's like, this was an intense game. The atmosphere in this game was probably the best, atmosphere of any hounds game i've been to in a while um i don't know it was just fourth of the july weekend so like the crowd was pretty big um i think they're reporting like over three thousand, like three thousand two hundred uh in attendance for this game so it was just like jumping the the players were really into it like it felt like they were honed in and <laughs> kind of going back to loudon where you know you're talking about how rain delay the 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 pitch is wet the players are just like miserable there's no one in the stands this was like the exact opposite this game was packed it was a beautiful day it wasn't overly hot for especially for a july game like usually july 4th games suck like rain delays and just muggy and terrible this game was anything but and having them you know have that all in their favor and then going out there and doing the performance they did it's the first time after a game I've seen the players like dancing on the field, having fun. Like they were like super pumped. Lardale is like jumping up and down. Uh, the yellow, like he came over and started like dancing to our chant. And it's like, this is like <laughs> a team that was super into the game and super into the result. And like, you could just tell they were so happy. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was a blast. Like this game, 
is probably yeah it's probably the best game i've been to in over two years uh granted covid so that's not saying much we'll say three years with covid (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it it was just everything was in our favor for this game and i can't believe it took us 13 games to beat charlotte because the team isn't that great in this game they were not that great yeah no, I mean, to your point, I think of all the shots that we put on, I was most surprised that Velarde's went in. Like, because it, it yeah. looked like it caught Miller completely stunned. And it I, it looked like he had the near post and Velarde still tuck it, tucked it away. So kudos to Velarde for putting that in. To your point, I mean, for those of you who were following the conversation on Twitter, um, you know, there was a lot of Brandon Miller love. I will say I, you know, I've worked with him personally through BGN. He's a fantastic guy and, you know, probably might – favorite non-hounds keeper in the league. I think dude is just a stud. Um, but again, like we dominated this game. Um, we easily could have been up three, four, nothing uh, in this game. And he, he sort of kept them in it. Um, and we had a number of shots too, that we sort of joked at halftime that, uh, you know, if, if we counted field goals, we would have been up 12, nothing because we just kept skying them over the net, which, you know, Lily has to, you know, be harping on guys uh, for that as well. But, uh, I think it's a little bit unfair because we also had a lot of shots that were actually on target. It wasn't like we were skying them constantly. This wasn't a Herzog situation for the Hounds. Where, <laughs> <laughs> where it felt like, you know, like, oh, man, there it goes again. Uh, there was a couple, sure. But, like, overall, we had some really good shots. Um, oh, I don't even know what the stat is for shots on goal. Mm-hmm. But it was it was pretty good. I, I wouldn't say, okay, shots uh, on target. We had nine shots on target. They had one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, and... The, the the save that kept us in the game. Uh, I forget the, who headed it out. Who was it? Wheat. It was Wheat. Yeah, yeah, wheat. That's right. Yeah. yeah, man, that was like at the moment watching that, like being right behind the goal, I was terrified. But he looks <laughs> so calm and chill about it. Like it was yeah. like nothing. He just like jotted over there, headed it out. Like no problem, guys. No problem. Like <gasps> hearts in my chest, like <laughs> jumping up to my throat. Like I'm like, oh my god, that was so close. But I, go ahead, Mike. And I was going to say, I mean, we, we talked about this, it might have been last week, where it seems like once a game, it feels like, the defense is clearing the ball off the line because it's, I don't necessarily attribute it to it being Vidiello's fault. Like, he had to come out to make that play. It's just this style of play for this team means that Vidiello has to be more aggressive which leaves an opening for the defense to have to cover in behind them. And it's definitely edge of your seat kind of stuff, but yeah. What no, were that, you gonna say, that, Kev? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I'll, the credit still goes to Vite for sure for clearing it off the line. But I mean, I, I think Vitiello actually, yeah, it, he, he does his job as well. It's, it's, it would be easy to say he came out and was beat, but, I, I mean, I for me, I think that was still the right decision um, to come out and close down the angle and, and to force the chip. Or force the chip. I mean, a player could have tried to do something else, but you know, to him, that was the easiest option, and that gave you know Vite time to come back and recover. And yeah, Vitiello continues to be aggressive off the line, and um, I remember watching that and still thinking like, no, he he did what he needed to do, and and you know, his defense was there to 
to work with him and help him out. So no, it was, it was a very good defensive play. And that's what we've been complaining about is feeling like our back line is it cohesive and they're not, you know, there to work it out and there to back each other up. And this game felt much more like they were and that we were able to, to keep the scoreline at zero uh, is something we've struggled with all season. And so to, to see a shutout like that and where the team did get a shot, a couple like, well, technically one shot on goal, but it, it's just nice to see that they, you know, were able to be cohesive like that. So I, I, I don't think the DLO had a bad game whatsoever. Like this was a great game for him as well. Yeah. Let's talk about our buddy, Anthony Velarde here for a second. Um, you know, he got the assist in the Loudon game. Uh, and in this game, you know, he was making some runs in behind. He got the goal on this one after a, after a cheeky little chip from Dequa. We've talked about sort of the need for the team to have a number 10, I, like Velarde isn't a number 10. He's just sort of like an attacking midfielder. He plays sort of in front of, in this game, at least he was playing sort of in front of Danny, uh, Danny Griffin and, uh, and Kenny. Um, I kind of like him in that spot. I mean, it feels like over the past few years, we've been trying to find a spot for him. He hasn't got, you know, consistent minutes week after week, after week, after week. Sometimes he's out wide. Sometimes he's, you know, part of a front three and Lily's constantly playing with him, but there's something about his game that I really kind of like just sort of like underneath Dequa or underneath that attacker making runs with them. We've seen, we saw him score a couple of great goals last season, sort of making those late runs and picking up the ball. Um, what are your guys, I mean, how far away do you think Velarde is from, from being a, you know, first team no question the way that like a Danny Griffin Kenny Forbes is is he or do you think he's still got some work to do I, I think the only thing that's restricting him from being a first team you know part of the starting 11 is the system I think I think the reason why Griffin and Forbes are so well I mean that's the reason why Forbes is in is because he's he's Forbes I mean he's incredible <laughs> and you're going to figure out a way to play him I, I think the way Lily wants to set up and play and the way I'll say the way like midfielders generally are in the USL Danny Griffin is a like he fits that mold he 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 ticks all those boxes in the best ways possible he's a really well well-rounded balanced midfielder that can go both ways isn't going to score you know might get two goals a season Velarde is not that mold he's definitely not an attacker though so he's just he's the product you know if you had a manager who was wedded to a certain system, maybe a four-two-three-one or something that really kind of allowed for a you know a player in the mold of Velarde. Then I think yeah, he he's he's good enough to play every week. I just think it's hard in this system at the USL. He he he's he the type of player he is. It's just it's it's a bit more difficult to fit him in starting 11s than it is to say a Danny Griffin not I mean I still think Griffin is probably still a better player and in some ways you're, you're comparing oranges to apples because I, I think they're just different um but no I mean like Velarde yeah Velarde's numbers are good for the amount of minutes that he plays and and the chances he creates so no I, I I've gotten to the point where I think in the past I've been a bit reluctant and hesitant to see him in like a starting 11 um to me he's always been you know he can come on on 60 minutes and and he can maybe create some chances 
Um, and now from his previous performances, that reluctance, if he's in the starting 11, that reluctance is gone for me. And I think that's a, that's a big step forward. I mean, he's consistently been subbed in to pretty much every game this season. Um, trying to look at the stats, I think he had one game, the second game of the season, where he didn't get subbed on. Uh, he is definitely like on that cusp. I could, I think he is very, very close. I don't think he's quite there. And I think, you know, it's also just like you were saying, Kevin, it's just the nature of the beast for this system, but also just the the players we have in like, you know, there's quality and he has some competition in the position he wants to play. So, or that he is, you know, good at playing, but yeah, like it's becoming harder and harder to say he's not ready though. Uh, especially this game, he was probably uh, the most hungry player out there. Like watching him, uh, even the stuff like off the ball, he had a, uh, cross early on and it didn't, uh, it got fumbled. I can't remember who like it was a good cross and he looked visibly upset after that cross didn't go the way he wanted to go. He was like pounding his fist and he just like, looked like he was angry about it. It's like, that wasn't even like, like he was going to make a goal. Like that was just him doing like being happy that he had a great cross and like being upset that it didn't, you know, find its mark or the person didn't uh, do with it what he wanted them to do with it. So that kind of, passion and just him being hungry is I feel like going to get him far and it's definitely getting close for him. Yeah. I, I really like him in that like kind of false nine position of Dixon and Cicerone on either side of him. And he kind of, you know, he's not, he's not on the shoulder of their last defender. He's kind of dropping in these spaces in between the opposition's defense and midfield. And, uh, I think it suits his attributes well. He 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 can he has composure. He he has good awareness around him, so he can kind of take the ball under pressure and and find the, find the passes that he needs to find. Um, yeah, no, we'll see what happens. I mean, I like him there as well. I think it gives it gives us another look because instead of relying on Griffin and Forbes to sort of make that final pass through lines, they could make the final pass through lines, or they could connect with Velarde, which shakes things up. Who will then find the final pass through the lines? It just so happens that sometimes he is the final pass. Um, so, I mean, obviously Lily trusts him if he made him captain against Loudon, which, you know, kudos to Velarde for earning that. Um, so we'll have to sort of see how things shake out here over the rest of the season. We could be seeing an evolution of, uh, you know, how he fits into this team as well. So that's exciting. Um, guys, any other, uh, any other takeaways from, uh, from this one? Um, anything else you want to talk about? Still sad that we didn't actually get to have this game on the 4th of July, uh, like we normally do. We still kind of made the best of it. We, we had our, you know, 12 p.m. tailgate start time for uh, this game, which tell you what, seven hours in a parking lot. That's a long time, but uh, it was a blast. <laughs> everyone made it in really proud of everyone for, uh, you know, not going too hard <laughs> during the tailgate and uh, uh, no casualties of war. So uh, that was good. And it was a blast. And I just can't wait to get back into high mark and uh, have some more fun. Both you and Liz had uh, shared pictures on social media of your trunk, and it totally looked like you guys were packing for like a long distance road trip, not just to go down to the stadium. So yeah, kudos to you guys for uh, <laughs> sticking it out for the full seven hours. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I both sort of theorized independently, and uh, <laughs> and just like, oh yeah, we both said the same thing that 
you know, this could have been a, an opportunity for the Hounds to potentially make a little bit more money because then they could sell tickets on July 4th for people to go down and watch the fireworks, which I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I'm, I think, I don't you think know. it's that. I, I honestly don't. After thinking about it more and talking with some people, I, I feel like they would have actually made more money if this would have been on the 4th because they can pay, like, they always charge more for the 4th parking anyway. So they would oh. have made more money on parking to begin with. And the stadium would have been even more packed and they would have made more money on concessions because they leave the concessions open after the game's over when the fireworks, uh, right before the fireworks go off. So they would have made even more money uh, with all that. And good points were made with uh, both teams had have Wednesday games coming up. So like neither team wanted to play on a Sunday because then they have a Wednesday turnaround. So yeah. I feel like it was just congested schedule and made it impossible to have like a, you know, a Sunday game. That makes sense. Um, speaking of, you know, the the condensed schedule, guys, we got Wednesday, just a few days from now, we're going to face the Charleston Battery for the first time this season. 7.30 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Um, uh, the Hounds Twitter, uh, Matt basically tweeted out something about the Old Guard Shield. Is the Old Guard Shield still a thing? Like, I'm... I mean, technically, yes. I feel like we haven't seen very much activity on the account for the Old Guard. Um, I, so... I'm trying to think who has the most teams in who are originally part of the old guard. I feel like it's still championship because that's how it's supposed to work is whoever has the most teams in uh, the old guard, uh, which is like Richmond, Harrisburg, which they're no longer around, uh, the Hounds, uh, Battery, Rochester, and I feel like that was it. I think that was it too. So so Out really, of those five teams, there's only three that are left, and two of them are in championship. So, therefore, the old guard <laughs> shield is technically still alive, and it is the Charleston Battery and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. <laughs> uh, until you know, uh, Velarde gets not Velarde, I mean, sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah, gets uh, uh, Rochester back up and running, and we'll see what league they end up in. Yeah. It's watch it be a totally different league, so it's going to be like. <laughs> I spread across three different leagues. Yeah. Um, but guys, this is it. I mean, anytime that we play the battery, it's always a grind. It's always a battle. Um, it's just, it's, it's two old guard teams getting together. And regardless of what, Kevin, I was going to say, how are they doing this season? I haven't checked. So they're a team that we, we should be able to beat. They're currently sixth in the, uh, in our conference on 11 points, but they've also played four less games than we have. Um, their last three games, they basically lost three nothing to Charlotte, so that bodes well. For, we just beat Charlotte one nothing. They beat Loudon three nothing, which we just lost to Loudon, and they lost one nothing to Tampa, so which we just beat Tampa. So it's it's a back and forth, hard to read kind of thing. They played on Friday uh, against Tampa, whereas we obviously played Saturday Saturday against the Independents. So we'll have one more day of rest on us. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're in a new stadium, which will be interesting to see for for the longest time. They've been playing at that same field, um, and they finally get their own new joint. Which, after the new rebrand and everything else, you know, I'm I've always been a fan of the battery and sort of what they do on and off the field. So kudos to them for that. What are we expecting from this game, guys? I think you know when we <laughs> when we looked at the uh, the over under for basically Loudon Independence. And the battery, I think we set the over under at four and a half, and we all took the over, which means that, first of all, I don't think any of us were expecting a loss to Loudon. But if we all took the over, that means we've got to beat the battery. 
how are we feeling? You know, basically, once again, a quick turnaround for another game after the, you know, hugely emotional win over the independence. Do we think that we carry that momentum or is this potentially a trap game before we get, you know, a much needed 10 days off? Josh, how, how are you feeling about this game? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough just because of tired legs. And it's it's a lot to ask of the team to, you know, back to back to back. So um, I'm not expecting, you know, I, I feel like they it's not a game that I'm thinking we're going to lose. It's definitely a game that we can win. Uh, it's just it's going to be a situation where we're going to have to dig deep. And it, seeing how we did with a lot of, you know, second tier not second tier that's that's mean to say but uh, a lot of our non-starters uh last game uh with Loudon like that's are we going to be asking on them again to you know perform for this game or are we going to be able to play more starters I feel like we could probably play more starters than we did last time um but it's it's just not it's not going to be pretty I got a feeling it's it's going to be one of those games that might be uh really defensively heavy on both sides and just kind of like a a grudge match yeah, like like I was saying, we play Wednesday and then we won't play again this weekend. We'll basically go all the way till next Saturday when we'll face Loudon at home. Um, so the guys will have ten days off. Uh, so you would think that hopefully that means like give the starters a go uh, or put out your your preferred squad because uh, you know you got that ten days break. Kev, how are you feeling about this one? I was gonna say I think for me it really just depends on who who starts and who plays and what you know. I, yeah, I still want to see a ton of rotation again, especially with, with the 10 subs. And that could be a growing concern of mine where I don't think, I, I mean, I love the kind of established starting 11 players that we have, um, you know, in a, in a, in a Loudon game where it felt like we lost a lot of that momentum, you know, against Charlotte, we just picked it right back up again. And a lot of those one touch passes and, and quick, you know, quick movements um you know the goal being the prime example of it was back and yeah so i i think we just we look at an entirely different team when we get a set of players who who you know know how to play with each other um play and i think if we do that then i mean with josh there's very few i can't really think of a single team right now where i would go into it thinking that you know the odds aren't in our favor and that's going to be the case with with charleston too but um, yeah, no, it, 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 it it's not going to be easy. I don't think we're going to, you know, roll past them. Um, and I think we're, we're probably going to have to rely on, on Fidiello again. So, it, you know, if I'm, if I'm holding your feet to the fire, are we saying this is going to be a draw or do you feel good about a win? I'm going to, I would say a draw. I feel good about a win actually, but it's going to be tough. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, as always, I'm hoping for a win, but I I could see a draw being in the cards. I mean, it could, it could be a very pivotal time in the season, right? I mean, like, I think before Loudon, I was banging that drum of, okay, yeah, this is the corner that we always turn in every season where we have a slow start and then, you know, Lily gets them on a run. And, you know, the, the Charleston game will be the punctuation of that kind of run is, you know, is it Loudon was just a hiccup and don't worry about it. Or was it, you know, Loudon was, was a sign of something to come. So, and with the 10 days off, I mean, yeah, it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. If you're going into that 10 day break with a, a bad performance and, and a bad result. So 
I mean, this this could be the catalyst for us to to kind of continue to kick on and and kind of create that that mid season run that we usually go on. Kev, to your point, if the Hounds beat the Battery, then that means that they will have their fifth win in six games and their seventh win during the ten game run that we've had over the past forty games, which is insane. Um, so. I think that, you know, we have a tendency of sort of looking at this in a microcosm where we're always focused on the last game or in this case, the last two games recently, and then just briefly looking at the one. But if you actually look at the at the stretch, it doesn't feel like we could win five out of six and seven out of ten. But in reality, we could. And that's a pretty good return. If we said going into the, you know, the beginning of the season that we go on a stretch where we win seven out of 10, I think we'd be like, yeah, take that. That sounds great. Um, so we have the best form right now. I'm looking at the, you know, uh, at the standings table? at the let's, table. And let's it look looks, at the table. Josh. Yeah. We Whoa. have the best form right now. I'm just saying we have the most, you know, out of the last five. Yeah. So out of everybody, you know, Tampa has lost two in their last five. Uh, so is Hartford, which, we haven't seen – no, we have seen Hartford already this season. That was the Kenny Forbes red card game. Um, yeah, we do have the best form thus far. So what's what's going to be interesting is, you know, we've played two more games than anybody else in a playoff position right now um, and one more game than everybody. Uh, so at some point you'd think that the numbers are going to sort of shake out and we'll see what happens. But um, – you know, Hartford have four games in hand on us right now, and they're only four That's points insane. back, which is crazy. Uh, and even Charleston, we have, you know, they have four games in hand on us, but they're nine game, they're nine points back. So we just got to keep winning. And man, yeah. it's annoying. I, I really want like all the games to be more even up. Like I want the games played to to look more consistent, so I can get a better feel about how we're doing compared to everyone else. Because right now, yeah, it's it's having teams who have only played single digit games while other teams have played 12 games is, is annoying. Yeah. I mean, I will say, even though we have the form on our side, I mean, it's, it's 20 points in 12 games. I mean, it's just under two points a game, which, you know, we, uh, I mean, I don't know. This, this could be a bad, um, a bad, like, or like an out of, I don't know, what's the word? This 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 like kind of benchmark can no longer be relevant, but it, it used to be a benchmark of you know if you go at two points a game, it gives yourself a good shot. Um, and you know as as well as we've been doing, we're still not exactly hitting two points a game. We're not far, um, but so you know it might sound greedy or I mean, not greedy, but it, it might sound overly optimistic to say that like no we we need to keep winning but we kind of we do <laughs> especially looking at that table and with with all the teams that still have games in hand so yeah it's hard to believe that you know after this game we're going to be talking mid to late july by the time we have our next game and like the summer is going to be gone like that so it's still we always get to this point in the season where it still feels like it's really early and we still got a lot of time to like make up stuff and it's like we're getting pretty close to that halfway point where uh yeah you either figure it out or you don't i think we're we're in a pretty good position reaching that halfway point even though like we said we have you know we've played more games and all of that but um you know if we said halfway through the season we were sitting in second place in the atlantic division i think we'd be like okay like that gives us a good chance to make a run 
Like that sounds good. Um, but yeah, Josh, to your point, it is frustrating when, you know, you have all these other teams that need to make up all these games. That just means that they're going to have a congestive schedule at some point as well. And we can sort of sit back and see how they fare. And, uh, you know, the best we can do is the best we can do when we're in that situation. So I don't think we have, once we come back, um, you know, play Loudon next Saturday, I think we're pretty much on a weekly schedule for a while. Uh, and then we'll get into like a, a random Wednesday game here and there. But for the most part, we should be able to settle in and really sort of find our squad and, and put out, you know, everybody should be well rested, put out our best players on the weekend and sort of see what happens. So that'll be encouraging and, uh, and fun to see what happens there. Yeah. I'd, I'd always rather have points on the board than, than games in hand for sure. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, it's, they still need to play the games and they still need to catch up, but yeah. Well, and some of those games in hand are against us. So yeah. like we have a chance to, to, cut into that even further so that's good true um so yeah so that's what we think obviously let us know what you think uh guys you know make sure that uh when you're watching the game against the battery hop on twitter uh use the hashtag uh chsvpit we will be there tweeting away fun gifts and thoughts and most of the stuff doesn't make sense when you go back and watch it later because a lot of it is very reactionary um you know like i think i there was some foul that was called and i caught myself just tweeting a gif that just said no like so like if you have no idea what's going on you're not gonna know but it's fun to like watch and be part of the, the conversation and just mess around so we will be there and you know for the, for any game that i'm not at personally we will be doing it for home games as well um you know I, a couple of you had mentioned that uh, you guys missed that the past well for the loudon game and the game before that um we didn't do it so we'll be back and we'll keep doing it from there on out guys um anything else that you wanted to talk about on this one no i just again happy that uh it sucks that we lost against loudon but winning against charlotte was huge and i'm glad it happened before they go under because i don't know if you saw all the rumors but it looks like they might be going down a league possible yeah. it's has been officially announced yet but it sounds like that's probably going to happen so uh if they would have left this league before we had a chance to beat them i would have been very upset <laughs> it would have been a cincinnati situation all over again except we just didn't hate them that much um yeah it'll, it's going to be tough i mean especially with charlotte getting their mls squad is that next year um, yeah that's why it's then, happening probably yeah uh, so it'll be really really tough um have you guys Josh, been go ahead and i was just going to ask i mean from from the TV, it looks like there's decent attendance numbers. Josh, how, how's like the attendance been? I mean, specifically for the previous game, but uh, over the course of the season for the home games, it's been getting better and better. I feel like each uh, each game it builds a little bit bigger, and uh, this game was definitely the biggest. It's it's hard to know if that jump is just because of the fact that it's uh, you know Fourth of July weekend, so a lot of people are out and about for the holiday. Uh, but it the fact that the game was on a on the third and not on the fourth, so you you couldn't really look at the fireworks for being the reason why this game sold so well, which is usually what happens. Um, so having that good of an attendance for, for just a weekend game, even if it was a holiday weekend is pretty good. And like I said, like the atmosphere was great. There's just a lot of good things happening. It seems like at the, uh, Highmark stadium. So it, it's, it's going good and I'm excited to you know, see how it builds. 
We need to create a viral video to encourage Snoop to come be a minority owner. Just like <laughs> you're somebody, not going to let it go. <laughs> somebody's gonna, if you have an idea, let us know. We will make a video and hopefully it goes viral and it'll get Snoop's attention. And like, <laughs> but on, like, I'm joking, but also like you want to talk like putting butts in seats. Like for the longest time, the hounds have said like, like, well, if you win, like people will show up. Yeah, people will show up. If you say Snoop is a minority investor and is going to be at some of the games, people are going to show up for that too. So, and not to mention, you know, the injection of cash that might, you know, lead to going out and buying more players that then, you know, results in a better I product. Mean, we can field. say whatever we want to say. You didn't say it had to be <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, um real quick any thoughts on the euros is is the is the cup coming back to soccer's home in england are they going to take it all this year i mean i'm usually not huge into the euros but this this year has been a lot of fun to watch it, the games have been intense and as someone like myself who's like not a huge soccer fan outside of domestic soccer it's it's been really fun yeah the 2020 yeah. euros i should say like just add more confusion to everything. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the world cup's still supposed to go on next year. Right. So, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, the, the, the stories are all over the place with Denmark still being in it with Christian Eriksen. And um, speaking of, there was somebody posted something today that Christian Eriksen is out of the hospital out and about looking good. He took a picture excellent. with some fan. So like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic news. Um, yeah, no. I, oh, and I, I do, I don't know. I, the, the, I kind of hate the whole like coming home thing. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like it's supposed they, to. I feel I, like it's like the point now. It's supposed to be like a meme. It's supposed to be like annoying and stupid. And like yeah. half the time, it feels like it's being said in jest. Like kind of right. like a. It's almost like a, a safety net for when they don't make it, so everyone can be like, "Haha, that funny joke. It's coming home." Like we all knew it wasn't. It's just a meme to say it. But at the same time, like you know, you can kind of be like, "No, I've always thought that. Like I said, it was coming home." Right. So I feel like it's a two-edged sword that you know you're hedging your bets when you uh, hashtag it's coming home. As far as <laughs> if you're an English. Oh, uh, you know, in England, right? Like that. Yeah, it no, just I mean, it ahead, feels man. very colonialistic to claim that you're the one that invented soccer, and that's why I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I mean, they, like, they right. did, like, like, England, like, I uh, personally, we, we started kicking a ball first. No, you didn't, <laughs> but I mean, they made it. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll fight on that. I, I will say, <laughs> like, England created soccer and exported a lot of the game to for the those world. listening to the but, podcast kevin just used a heck of a lot of air quotes as he said, <laughs> created <continue>. soccer <laughs> yeah but but it, it it does feel just like at this point like what are you trying to say like yeah like you own every every part of glory that comes no you don't like <laughs> that, that ship has sailed a long time ago like in you've been crap for like the past two decades. <laughs> and, and so it just, it feels really weird to say it in that way. Um, but no, I mean, it's, you know, I think usually you get, I don't, maybe you don't, I was going to say, usually you get you, a slightly one-sided things for semifinals with how Denmark's playing. It's not a sure thing. England are, are going to beat Denmark, and and I mean Italy are the favorites, obviously, over Spain. But that's not a sure thing either. Um, so no, it's going to be. I can't believe Spain really made it through. I didn't think they were going Spain to. Yeah, not have won that game. Like, wow, that was that was close. I, I will say this with uh, the coming home thing. It, it has the same energy as the "I believe we will win" chant. Like they they kind of both have like this very much like 
uh, kind of pathetic feel to them. Like it, it, it almost feels naive type yeah. uh, uh, feeling to it where it's like, yeah, sure. Sure. It is. Sure. You yeah. will. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Keep telling yourself that buddy. But that's what it feels like. That's the energy it's bringing to the table. Oh, maybe, maybe this a lot. I mean, cause I think we all have somewhat of a vested interest in, in like, you know, English based soccer, but um, do, do any of you think like anything's going to happen with like Gareth Southgate? If, you know, regardless of what happens um, after this, is he going to be set up for a, a club managerial spot? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I haven't even heard any of those rumors. It just feels like every game is just like, is Southgate going to get it right? And it's like, well, he's gotten them this far. I, th- I think no one in the English media are stupid enough to start writing those articles of saying like, where is he going to go now? Cause like no one, no one wants to read that. Everyone it just looks- wants to be on the Euro bandwagon. <laughs> I mean, if, if England win, if England figures out a way to win the Euros, I mean, do they realistically want him to be a coach somewhere else or do they want him to keep coaching the England squad? Oh, I'm sure they just want him the to keep the England squad yeah. for sure. But it's about like, he's going to get a bigger payday and more prestige if he goes to, to, to club. So, so who, so who does he go to? I don't. I'm, that's. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I don't think no one's going to touch him yet. And I think the World Cup's still around the corner. And I think he'll be there for a few more years. But it's just. It's interesting to think about. I think. Yeah, I didn't even know who the the manager of the English squad was. So I have no opinion on this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, very, very do you have any opinions on the new Everton manager? I have no opinions on this at all. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I don't. I have no like. I don't under like. I understand why some people are upset by the whole idea, Rafa or whatever. But I don't care. And I, to me, it's more about just not thinking he sounds like that great of a manager to begin with. Like, eh, I, he had good stuff in the past, but more recently, meh. So it's like I don't. I don't know. Whatever. I just Everton's going to Everton is how I feel right now. So. <laughs> Do you guys have any thoughts on? I, I'm just gonna keep going. We could we could stop at any minute. Here. Do you guys have any thoughts on uh, City uh, potentially spending 250 million on two players, um, Harry Kane and Jack Grealish? First of all, I don't want to see Jack go. I don't necessarily think Jack's gonna go from Aston Villa. It's his boyhood team, and like he's the captain, and he just signed a five year deal last year. So I don't really know what changed. And other you're, than your Aston Villa is your club, and yeah. exactly, and so like, but you know. If city if city comes with a hundred million, you know I don't know how Villa says no, but I want to see city spend as much money on possible on mediocre players. So yes. Okay. All right. Okay. The player that all of the fans in England were chanting for to get on the field in uh, not the most recent game, but the game before that. It's okay. That's alright. Yeah, yeah. I believe my tweet was oh. Kane was still on the field when he scored. <laughs> well, like I, I didn't even know he was still playing. So yeah, Josh, whatever. Josh, does that mean like all the Everton players are safe then? Is that what you're? <laughs> yeah, they're all definitely safe. Yeah, yeah. City's coming knocking for us. Sure. Last question: Messi's a free agent. Is he going to stay at Barca or go to PSG or go to Man City? What's he doing? I, I don't care. I don't. I, like, <laughs> I just like I look, yeah, he's amazing, and yes, it's gonna be huge whatever, wherever he goes. And it is, I'm not trying to say like he's going to Miami, baby. It's a very <laughs> no, it's like it's a very relevant question because it's it's like where is potentially the greatest player of all time gonna go? Like next, yeah, like that's interesting. I just I personally like 
I don't he's know. gonna go wherever his family wants to live like you know what i mean like i i feel like at this point it's a situation where it's like eh, anyone's gonna pay top dollar for him he has stuff. his pick so it's yeah. like where do you want to live because uh, uh, there's nothing less left for him to prove it's not yeah. like he has to go somewhere and be like i want to prove i can be the top of the premier league it's like no who cares yeah like you yeah. don't have to yeah. do that no. so i i see no reason for him to go anywhere to prove anything so therefore it's going to be more about where he wants to live and where his family wants to live yeah. yeah, I think I think they stay. I think he stays at Barcelona. I think if he leaves, like Barcelona is going to look like a laughing stock for letting the best player in the world leave on a free because they couldn't sign him to a contract before he left. I think Barcelona's so, already kind of a laughing stock over, over, over how they like managed everything the past few years. Yeah, for sure. But they got a new president, and now the hope is to like turn everything around. But. Um, I mean, unless the city really think that there's a chance of reuniting him with Pep, but I don't even know if Pep wants that. Although KDB just announced that he played the last game with a completely torn ligament in his ankle. So KDB may be missing early parts of the season, which might affect how Pep goes after people in the off season. But uh, the last thing I'll say about this is with, with every like city potentially spl- splashing cash, because of that, I've I like I listen in Liverpool circles, and Liverpool fans are now saying like, "Well, why aren't Liverpool like potentially signing out this?" Like, don't let us not forget the European Super League conversations. Like, this is this is what happens. <laughs> like, if if we we can't we can't want these huge signings and still not expect things like the European Super League to happen. So, I think it's just that's my little thing. I, it's, like I, everyone stopped talking about it and everyone's just like <laughs> oh like where's kane gonna go like mbappe and holland is like 100 million it's like i'm sorry you like the next time the Euro- european super league comes up which it will like <laughs> remember this yes yes yeah. like yeah anyway yeah so lots of lots of news i think josh i saw that you finally were at least considering taking the plunge and signing up for an athletic account um, I have one and I'm constantly reading transfer news and Euro news and now U S women's national team news. And wow, we got I for very different well. reasons. I got <laughs> it because I wanted to read about why or who the models were for the Columbus crew crest from <laughs> the original with the three hard hats. Uh, nice. Uh, article was written about, uh, I just forgot Pablo. Yeah. Pablo finding, uh, the writer finding out who one of the guys were that modeled for it. That's I'm cool. like, Oh, I have to read that article. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, um, guys, I think that's it for this one. Obviously hounds play Wednesday night. Uh, so depending on when you're listening to this, this could be tomorrow. It could be two days from now. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you're watching the game, seven 30 ESPN plus, like we said, hop on Twitter, use that hashtag. What is it? CHS. I already forgot what it is. It's uh, CHSVPIT. Um, and we'll be there tweeting away. You can send ideas, thoughts, comments, funny gifts. Love getting into gift wars with people, especially when they're themed. Like I'll pick a show, somebody else picks a show, and we just go back and forth. So join us over there. I, I haven't hung it up yet, but I, I did. Oh, uh, nice. You, you said yet. You said yet. I, I just want to point that out. Yeah, no, I know. I, I I brought it in. Sorry, this is an this is an audio medium as well. I'm holding up my old uh, Mark Forrest Riverhounds jersey because I they both Mike and Josh have stuff in the background and I don't, so I haven't figured out how to put it up yet. But I'll, I'll figure something out. Just put a nail on the wall and hang it on a hanger. Come on, man. <laughs> this yeah. is Riley's room. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> Take the calendar down behind That's you. Right. And put up the Forrest jersey. It's fine. That's probably, probably what I wanted to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think that wraps it for us, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening and participating and, and contributing. Um, I think we started with a whole bunch of watchers and whittled it down to like two when we were talking of like really focused about messy. So that's just sort of how it goes. Um, that's fine. But uh, be sure you have it at Mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. It's your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. As always, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your Google team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms or cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro, pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to bgn.fm where we've now got over 100 fans and players. Uh, you know, I mentioned Brandon Miller uh, is over there doing stuff uh, that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out on bgn.fm. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, <laughs> very soon. Cheers. Later. <laughs>